Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rob the Genius Podcast. Uh, that music you heard just now was OPP by Naughty by Nature, which means that they are the musical guest for this week. And I think I may have mentioned it before. They're a special request from my man, Don't Step to Run. That's his Twitter handle. And he asked for them, and he's been with us from day one, so he got them. Actually, that is, that's my pleasure to highlight those those guys. They are another one of those, you know, 1990s rap groups that, you know, in 2020 does not get the respect they deserve. And as those of you who've been listening to me, no, that is kind of a theme or pet peeve of mine. So it is my pleasure to highlight them here this week. Now, this week we're going to do a little catching up. Uh, there's a thing from NCAA I wanted to get to, but didn't have space. You know, the last couple of weeks, we'll get to that. Uh, do some more of this old documentary. Maybe he'll hit a little wrestling at the end, because uh, by the time you've heard this, by the time you're hearing this, um, you know, WWE Money in the Bank will have come and gone. So, you know, I'll get to that, maybe do a little bit of that. But starting off, yeah, I did want to get kind of serious here. That's because... You know, we're a couple weeks into this case of the brother who was jogging down there in Brunswick, Georgia, and got killed. And the two guys that killed him almost got away with it, Scott Free. And they were finally arrested. Now they got to go to trial. And, well, we've seen what happens with trials. So there's, you know, there's no guarantee of anything just because they got arrested. But that almost didn't happen. Uh, turns out that the you know, police down there actually determined they had probable cause to arrest the two guys. But they were told not to by the DA. And that was going to be the end of it. But then video came out of what happened and what's really just <laughs> ironic is that the guy who put the video out there was hoping that well, was believing that it would exonerate his buddies when in reality it did the opposite it made it clear that you know they were the aggressors that they basically stalked this man And, you know, essentially initiated a confrontation with him that did not need to happen. And it's just that this is another situation like Trayvon Martin, right, where, you know, you in this case, it was a black man. Well, you know, Trayvon was a kid. 
17 years old, he was a kid. And these two men decided that they wanted to follow him. And then they caught up to him and, you know, there was a confrontation of sorts. You know, where I'm from, that's called defending yourself when somebody is stalking you and they shot him. And they, you know, try to come up with some, you know, BS story about being self-defense and all of that. Which, you know, is the same rap that that piece of garbage George Zimmerman came up with. You know, and it, and it, 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 they think that, you know, because they shot a black person, that they can come up with that kind of excuse and that people will accept it. Unfortunately, in a lot of cases, it works. You know, and then, now, what's happened in the past couple of days, another video was conveniently released showing, you know, the man in a, just walking through like a house that was under construction, just kind of looking around while he was out jogging. And of course that video is supposed to cast, you know, some suspicion on him to make it look like he was up to no good. Yeah, part of the two men that shot him, one of the original story was that there'd been some burglaries in the neighborhood and so they thought he might have been one of the people who was behind it, so that's why they followed him. Now it turns out that there had been no burglaries in the neighborhood for any for a significant amount of time, or if at all. So essentially, they had no basis to follow him. They chose to do it because they wanted to. The same as you know George Zimmerman, that piece of crap, chose to follow Trayvon Martin. And you know that choice comes because quite frankly, men like this and a lot of other people think that we don't be deserve to occupy the same space as them. They think we don't belong in their neighborhood. They think they think we don't belong, you know, sitting in the same restaurant with them. They think they don't, you know, they think our kids don't deserve to go to the same school as theirs. Quite frankly, they think we don't deserve to breathe the same air, you know, unless we're like serving them or something. So when you show up, you know, doing just one of any regular everyday things that people do, but you show up doing it in what they believe is their space, they think they have the right to police you or to call the police on you. You know, and if they choose to try to police you themselves and it doesn't go the way they kind of drew it up, they think they have the right to kill you. And there's no other way to put it. That's it. I mean, we can, we can tap dance around this. We can dance around it and all this stuff all we want. 
But that's what it comes down to. It comes down to people thinking that people, you know, that black people or Hispanic people or Asian people or, you know, any other ethnicity other than white don't have any right to be around them. You know, don't, don't have a right to occupy the same area. Don't have a right to just do regular everyday things like go jogging, like walking home from a convenience store, like, you know, going to a Walmart and picking up an air rifle off the shelf in the store. You know, they think that, you know, you don't get, you're not allowed to go on a wine train with your friends and, you know, laugh and joke and maybe you get a little loud. Which is kind of what people do sometimes when they go out for drinks with their friends. But there, there are people or white people who out there who think that if you're black or if you're not white that you don't have a right to do any of those things or that you you should not be doing any of those things around them and if you know if, and that you know if it rubs them the wrong way then they can either call the police on you and try to run you out of there themselves and then again, when they make that choice to run you out of there themselves and it doesn't go the way they imagine, they have the right to kill you. That's what these folks believe. And so, you know, it's... It, it, Until that changes, that's where we are with this. And it's going to happen again sometime in the future. And I mean, I, you know, on one hand, I, I do appreciate that there's been an outpouring from a lot of white people about how wrong this is. About, you know, how just messed up this is. And how racist it is. But, you know, I appreciate that. You know, it's going to take a little more than that. You know, um, the type of people who think this is okay to do, you know, they're going to have to pay some type of penalty more often. Right? They're going to have to be shunned by some of y'all. Right? I mean, they're going to have to be punished for their behavior and for their views if they have those kind of views because as long as they believe that they're you know not going to suffer for it as long as they believe that they're not going to so much as get arrested or even questioned for it much as they believe that they can carry on like this and you know none of their friends or family will disown them they're going to keep doing it so you know what are y'all gonna do? Cause it's not on it's not on us to fix these people, right? I mean it's not on us to you know tap dance, jump through hoops, and always conduct ourselves in a manner that does not 
irritate these people or cause them to become concerned, right? It's not our responsibility to do that. These folks got to fix themselves. It's not on us. We have every right to live our lives the way we see fit. We have every right to do regular everyday stuff that y'all do without being accosted or threatened or had the police called on us. But it's up to y'all to stop doing that. Until you do, well, we're not going to be quiet. Not anymore. Anyhow. Now with that, you know, well, look, I had originally recorded a whole bunch of stuff. I I had recorded like a whole hour's worth of commentary on that. But I figured that, you know, going that long on it would go past the point where of it being worth listening to or the point of it being effective. So I'm keeping it to this segment. And now going to get you some more music here from Naughty by Nature. And then we'll move on. So I promised I would get to the, the, the NCAA proposal thing that I talked about that I maybe had mentioned previously, or maybe I did, I don't know. But I wanted to get to that because it was a you know, neat little topic, or and it was one of those things where what they're promising ain't all it's cracked up to be. So NCAA, one of their committees, made it come up with a proposal to allow players to earn money on the side, like endorsing a product or letting someone use their likeness, right? And I mean basically this is done as this is done as a preemptive move or the or the defensive move against what the G League is doing for the NBA where they're gonna let high school kids come play there for a year, pay them half a million dollars and then they can go into the draft after that. This is done, you know, so this, this this proposal is kind of trying to head off the inevitable. 
because you know the more options that kids have the more options that you know players have than to you know go to co- then to be broke on a college campus for a year or two years or whatever right I mean you give them options other than that then they're going to take them and they're not going to come to college at all so the NCAA of course is terrified of this because they've already lost so many of the best players just you know leave early you know they do one and done now so so if you don't get three years of you know Glenn Big Dog Robinson even though he went to junior college for like a year or something um, or you, but you don't get, you know, you don't get three years of Shaquille O'Neal anymore or three years of Michael Jordan. You don't get four years of Patrick Ewing anymore. You know, four years of James Worthy. You don't get that anymore. You know, guys who are that talented, who are that highly touted coming out of high school, you know, they're one and done and they come every year and they're out. So that, I mean, there's already there's already a big talent drain that's gone on, and it's it's affected the on court product. It's affected the quality of the the games that you see. I mean, college basketball now is has been. I mean, at times it's just compared to the '90s, you know, the '80s and '90s. You know, college basketball now is often just bad. And that's from the talent drain you know that's from not having people there three years anymore or in some cases four years so the NCAA wants to you know they want to do an end run around what is the next step which is the best high school players just not coming at all which was happening for a few years before they, the one and done rule thing came into play so this is the end run around that basically and it sounds like a good idea because right now the kids can't earn anything. But it's not all it's cracked up to be because, well, quite frankly, there aren't that many players who are going to be coveted enough, you know, for endorsements or to use their likeness or what have you, right? I mean, you know, maybe two or three guys on the basketball team, maybe ten guys on the football team, you know, maybe the occasional star gymnast or golfer or wrestler. I mean, uh, that's really kind of it. So you still got, you know, probably 99% of the other other players who are going to be out of luck here. When in in reality, look, you want to fix the problem, the, 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 best way to fix the problem is just let the daggone boosters and alumni give the kids money just let them do it i mean they're already doing it anyway just let them do it stop busting these programs for you know for for doing that stop suspending people or putting people on probation and all of that stop it make it legal let them do it it's not going to create an arms race because there already is an arms race for to, to get players all right. Stop 
you know, trying to just lord over these players and keep them dependent on the program for everything the entire time they're there. Let them get their padded handshake from the booster or alumni or some guy that acts as a go-between. Let them have that. It's not that big of a deal. Okay? It really isn't. Stop trying to control all the money. Because what's going to happen is you're just going to lose more players. You know, more and more of these top basketball players are just going to go to the G League or go overseas and skip college altogether. Because when it goes, to, you know, what the NBA want, the NBA, they just want they want some type of certainty as far as what the feeder program is going to be. And it used to be college basketball used to be have that certainty because your best players would stay. They would stay three years at least. Some of them would stay four years. But since, look, people are wiser to the money that's being generated. And they're not going to go to school for nothing for four years. And, and yeah, you might say, well, they're getting a scholarship. But that ain't all it's cracked up to be either. So, you know, the kids want a piece of the action, which they should get because... The money is being made off of them. But even with these superstar coaches, these superstar coaches can't win all these games without superstar players. So, yeah, they deserve a piece of the action. You should give it to them. Stop jerking people around. Let the boosters and the alumni give the kids money. And that way, you know what? The whole basketball team can get some money. Right? Instead of 10 guys on the football team, maybe all of them can get a little something. They won't all get the same amount, but they can all get a little something, which is important for, like, the you know the second-string guys and the practice guys who get beat to hell for four years and, and don't have a pro career to go to. At least they can get a little something while they're there. Um, you know, that's something for, you know, the gymnast who doesn't do well enough to make the Olympics, right? They still could use some walking around money. <laughs> so just do it. Let, you know, let, let the people with the money, the people who want to get, because y'all don't want to pay them out of your pocket. You know, you don't want to pay them out of the TV money or whatever. So, they, But there are people who want to pay them. So you should let those people pay them. And everybody will be better off. Because you know why? You know, the, the, the basketball player who could go to the NBA after a year or two years, but really doesn't want to go right now, but who really would really, really deep down would really like to stay on campus and be a kid for another year or two. A few of those kids will stay if they just have some walking around money. They will. So just let them have it. Stop being short-sighted. Stop being, you know, slave to this old ideology that they that the kids should not get anything. 
it's backwards and it's hurting it's hurting it's hurting your game just something to think about NCAA stop cutting out your nose to spite your face song before that was Hip Hop Hooray. The Hip Hop Hooray was from their second album. It was 1993, I think. Oh, well, their second album was Naughty by Nature. I'll get to that in a minute. Uptown Anthem was from Naughty by Nature's first album. And it was also in the movie Juice. It was on the soundtrack of Juice. And Juice is one of those movies during the 90s came out during the 90s where the soundtrack was just as good and in some people's opinion better than the movie <laughs> whole lot of those during the 90s that was one of them and now as far as Naughty by Nature they they're from New Jersey now you know because it was the 90s and everything was still coming out mostly coming out in New York well not mostly but you know West Coast had, you know, gotten rolling by then, but New York was still considered the kind of epicenter of rap music in the early 90s. So they got together. This is all from Wikipedia, so take that for what it's worth. <laughs> but they got together in 1986, and their original name was The New Style. They put out a mm-hmm. album under that name didn't go anywhere obviously so they got together with Queen Latifah who was also from Jersey and it was under her kind of guidance they changed their name to Naughty by Nature then you know they put out their first album as Naughty by Nature I think it was like 1990 or 91 might have been 92 not sure one of those early 90s years. <laughs> and that's where the uh, very first song opened the show, OPP, was from that album. That was their, you know, first big hit and probably their, you know, biggest hit ever. So, I mean, they came out of the box really fast and really successful. You know, if you were to reunite them to come play at your birthday party or whatever and you only wanted them to do one song they'd probably do OPP so 
But you know, there look there another '90s group that was really huge during their heyday. If you were around for it, like me, you know, all of these songs I'm playing you know, immediately ring a bell, bring back memories, and they were just they were huge. And then it all kind of went away really fast. You know, they had, you know, four, what you could say are successful albums as Naughty by Nature. And then the last one of those was in 1999. And then after that, you know, they had difficulties that split up. I'll Now they, you know, occasionally, would, more recently, they would occasionally get back together to do a song or two, strictly for business purposes. Fortunately, the guys are not really friends anymore. But by the time they were done, I mean, when, when, when their successful run was over, they were all like 29, 30 years old. Which just, you know, another example of us throwing these folks away way too early. And like while I mean they did have their kind of difficulties between each other. But I imagine that had they continued to be successful, you know, it wouldn't have saved the group necessarily, but some of those beefs that were can just be put away easily might have got smoothed out a little better had things kept you know going well for them but they didn't and that's not necessarily because you know, the quality of their music had fallen off it's just that you know by 1999 <coughs> That was their last successful album. Then you get into the 2000s and there's a new crop of, you know, rappers starting to really come in their heyday. But after that, but again, we, we throw them away, right? And... Yeah, we didn't throw away Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson had been doing stuff you know, all through the late 80s. You know, we didn't throw her away when Mariah Carey started up like in the you know, early 90s. Well, we threw Janet away for something entirely different and stupid, but you know. But, you know, we didn't throw away in the early 80s when, you know, YouTube and R.E.M. and, you know, Bon Jovi and other people started, you know, having success in rock music. We didn't throw away the Rolling Stones or Led Zeppelin. We didn't throw them away. We don't throw away, you know, country music artists, right? 
when they get older. Or not even older, when they just, you know, when they've been around for a little bit and some new people show up. Like, we don't throw away the pioneers. We don't throw away people who are like 40 years old or 30 years old because just because there are some new people. So, but for rap, that's what we do. And we, we throw people away. You know, we didn't throw away Eric Clapton. You know, or had Stevie Ray Vaughan not, you know, died in a helicopter crash, we wouldn't have thrown him away just because, you know, Gary Clark Jr. started to do some stuff few years ago but you know look I've, I've gone down this road a few times already so you know, I'll kind of stop <laughs> doing it again I'm gonna play some more Naughty by Nature throughout the rest of the show like I said, if you have not heard them before then they're worth checking out. And if you're around for their heyday, then you know this is a nice little welcome back kind of thing. You know, while I'm on the subject of kind of music and all, uh, Betty Wright passed away over this previous weekend. She was 66. She, if, you know, if you're not familiar with her music, you've probably heard it. Your parents playing it, maybe. Uh, I think her most notable song was the Clean Up Woman. You know, go back and pull that one up. Um, Andre Harrell, who I did a special episode about. And who I wrote a piece about on my website, robsagenius.com. Andre Harrell passed away the same weekend, 59 years old. And, you know, like I said, Andre Harrell was kind of the creator of a lot of the soundtrack of my teens and early 20s. So, if you want to hear some of the stuff that he was behind, you know, creating, go listen to that episode. And the biggest name, uh, Little Richard. And, you know, Little Richard is, you know, the man who invented rock and roll. I right, don't let anybody get it twisted now. Don't let anybody tell you different. Right, he was the one, you know, uh, he either employed or influenced everyone from James Brown to Jimi Hendrix, you know, to people like Prince, David Bowie, you know, Mick Jagger. I mean, pretty pretty much every you know rock and roll artist owes something to Little Richard. Whether it's, you know, singing style or 
how they played, how they, you know, dress on stage, mannerisms, all that stuff. They owe something to Little Richard. And, you know, when he would be at award shows, he would, it was common, you know, if he got a, to present an award, and he got a minute or two behind the podium, or if he got some talk show and, you know, he got a chance to talk, he would, he would go out, he would remind everybody just what he, you know, what all he did and did not get proper credit for in his eyes. So whatever you're listening to now, you can trace back to what he did. And you should go if, you know, and you know, if you're not, well, you should be familiar with, you know, his biggest stuff. But, you know, there's songs that you may have heard somebody else do you don't know he did it first. You know, that's, that's something for you to go look up and learn about. And I actually, well, I, I didn't meet him. I was on an airplane with him <laughs> once when I was traveling for work. I think we were connecting down in Atlanta and he was on the plane and he was sitting there at the terminal <laughs> waiting to board like the rest of us you know just regular airplane flying coach and you know, I mean, it, it was funny to kind of see that <laughs> but, but to be honest I mean well there weren't uh, yeah I don't recall any stories of him being like you know destitute or broke or anything but I mean his heyday as artist was back when you know during prime years of record companies stealing from people the record companies still steal from people but you know it was his, his prime years were during that time where you had almost no way of protecting yourself from that kind of thing. So it wouldn't surprise me, you know, if he just never really made a whole lot of money. But, you know, he's the pioneer of rock and roll music. No matter who your artist of choice is, what they do can be traced back to him. So, salute to Little Richard. Proud of making Georgia. Rest in peace, brother, to you, to Andre Harrell, to Betty Wright. And as I'm, just before I got to recording this segment, uh, wasn't a singer, but Jerry Stiller, Ben Stiller's father, had also passed away. So, condolences to the Stiller family. You know, if, you know, you're in my age group, you know, we know Jerry from Seinfeld and from King of Queens. But he had a long career before that. So, you know, condolences to the families of all those we lost.
you know, this weekend and, you know, other times this year. And with that, uh, break time, and then i hit you with some more music from Naughty by Nature, and then we move along. That was Feel Me Flow from Naughty by Nature. That was off of Poverty's Paradise. And, you know, I had a really cool video for that back in the day. Whatever, just partying with your friends, going to different locations, doing a bunch of fun stuff and everything. And I think, you know, that was one of their, one of their last hit. But it was kind of towards the beginning of the end of their run, you know, their successful run. Yeah, now is that time when we will talk about The Last Dance, the uh, documentary about the Chicago Bulls' final championship season. And there was a part of this, these, you know, this week that was especially painful for me as a Knicks fan. And that's the double nickel game. That's, if you're not familiar with it, you know, when, you know, Mike retired, he was gone for a year and a half. He was gone for the entire 93-94 season. And then, like, three quarters of the 94-95 season. And then he came back. You know, he was, you know, rusty, wasn't shooting very well. And then on his fifth game back, the Bulls came to the Garden to play the Knicks. And, you know, the real you know, question was, would he be able to kind of rely on old muscle memory to get back up for this one? Because, you know, he always performed well at the Garden. Much to the chagrin of us Knicks fans. And lo and behold, he did. Right? He he pulled some of the he pulled a rabbit out of the hat. And he put up fifty-five points. And poor Patrick Ewing on the other side had a great game himself and nobody cared. Which is kind of the story of his career against the Bulls, right? 
Mike does something. Mike goes off. Does something spectacular. Bulls win. Patrick does great, but nobody cares. <clears throat> and that's what happened here. You know, I remember I was watching this game. I was in college. I was watching this game with my boys. We were all, you know, on campus apartment watching it. And just going back and forth. It was a great game. And, you know, if NBA TV ever shows it, I would watch it because it was a great game. Even though the outcome stinks for me. You know, and it was just like, it was that, that blast from the past. And, just, and then, you know, closing seconds. Knicks are up by one or two. I think they're up by one. <coughs> and uh, Jordan has the ball. Top of the key. We're all expecting him to shoot. You know, try to hit the game winner. So he, he starts going to the hole. Defense meets him. And he dishes it off to Bill freaking Winnington. who scores a winning basket. Bill freaking Winnington. Let me tell you, that that just stunk. It, it stunk to high heaven. Even though it was a great game, but it stunk. And like every time the Bulls beat the Knicks, it, it just left a really bad taste in my mouth it was ugh. but that was life as a Knicks fan in the 1990s right we were good made the playoffs gave the Bulls a hard time couldn't beat them and you'll be honest I would take that over now we're, we're a lottery team every year and we stink so <laughs> I'll take those years over now but that game was the Bulls Knicks rivalry and just in a, you know, in a nutshell So, of course, they had to relive that at some point. So, they did here. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the other thing that jumped out at me this week was when just, um, you know, they were talking about how what kind of teammate Michael Jordan was. And, you know, they kind of went through how <clears throat> he would just verbally get on people, like, hard. You know, they showed some examples of him and Scott Burrell and... You know, and during the interview stuff, at one point he was saying, well, hey, Scott Burrell is a really talented player, and I you know, wanted him to reach the level he could reach, and reach the level of intensity we needed to reach to win. So, I, you know, I rode him hard. And, he, you know, he rode him hard with the thinking, with the hope that he would, you know, kind of rise up and, you know, push back. And then you know, kind of get to where he needed to be. And it really didn't happen because Scott Burrell was a really nice dude. He just didn't have that, he didn't have that in him. That kind of, kind of maniacal, competitive fire that Michael had, still has. So, <clears throat> and that was the thing, right? It was one of those, you know, if, um, if you couldn't handle it, then, you know, you, you, we're going to fold up. And if that's what you were going to do, he didn't have time for you. Because, you know, he said to himself, you know, look, I was here to win. 
and here to win it all. And to do that, we have to play at a certain level. We have to have a certain level of intensity, certain level of, you know, effort. And, and he, you know, he even freely admitted, like, look, you know, it costs to win, and it costs to be the leader of the winning team. And hey, I'm just, I'm look, I'm trying to win, and I'm not asking you to do anything I'm not doing. So get on board and do it. And if you can't, then you know, get out. And he got really emotional, you know, just recalling that. And it's you know, it's one of those things where. You know, there are all these stories about how he would just get on people and just ride people hard and give them a hard time and just push them, push them, push them. But you don't win at that level without having some of that in you. And, you know, the difference is that, you know, um, you know, we see Magic Johnson smiling all the time and everything. We assumed that he was not like Mike in that way, right? Uh, but he was. Now he might have used, he used different words, but that same level of desire, that same level of pushing people to play at a certain level, or you're out of here, was, was there. You know, same thing with you know with Larry Bird and Kobe Bryant, and you know. Um, you know, Isaiah Thomas, right? I mean, it's just those guys pushed people. You know, now today we kind of criticize LeBron for not just being outwardly like that. You know, when we see LeBron, it's always, you know, he and his teammates taking much, taking pictures together, the, the infamous banana boat with him and uh, Carmelo Anthony, and it was like, Chris Paul and Dwayne Wade, right? And it's just, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a different vibe today, at least perceived vibe from the top players in the league. You know, because you have people like Kawhi Leonard who barely says anything. Um, you know, Steph Curry kind of doesn't give off that kind of vibe as if he's some hard-driving taskmaster of a teammate. So now, you know, in hindsight, you know, Mike looks even more tyrannical. But, you know, the old saying, cost to be the boss. And, you know, ultimately, he, stand, he stood up and said, yeah, it cost, and I paid the cost, and I don't read it. And even if you don't agree with his methods of motivating teammates, I mean, I, you know, I respect the honesty. You know, I respect that, you know, he didn't cheat us with effort ever. Because, look, in every sport, there are people who go out there. There are guys who go out there and mail it in some nights. And, you know, he never did that. Right? And that might seem like it's, you know, nothing to, you know, well, that's what you're supposed to do. Well... People don't. I mean, they're, and look, I mean, there are 
people who are athletes who are just working regular nine to five jobs who mail it in some days, right? And the fact that he never did that, and the fact he gave you an A plus effort every night. And that, you know, if he wasn't shooting well, he defended, he went after rebounds, right? Yeah, he, he put in an A plus effort every night. Cause, you know, and he said it himself, you know, you're paying money or you're spending time to watch me perform, to watch me play. I gotta give you that kind of effort every time. So, I mean, yeah, he, he comes off as a bit of crazy man, but you know, you gotta respect and admire dedication and respect and admire the honesty we're getting from him now. And speaking of being honest, <laughs> I promise you I'm going to play you another song after this. And then we'll keep it moving. Once again, it's so. Nature that uh, was from 1993, and if you're hearing some music in the background, that is not Naughty by Nature. Um, watching the uh, U2 Zoo TV concert from Sydney, Australia, from like 1990. I have that on TV right now. Um, U2 is probably my favorite rock band. Uh, they will be the musical guest one week sometime in the future but for now they are the background noise if it's getting picked up at all here <laughs> but just want to take a few minutes and just you know uh, be thankful for a minute by the time you're hearing this uh, I will be 46 years old uh, that means, you know, Lord willing, another year on earth. And, you know, look, I'm thankful for every day. And I'm definitely thankful for every year. You know, I have some friends who did not make it this far. You know, so I think about them, you know, as the birthday approaches. Um... You know, like I, 
started this particular project, this podcast, because it's just something I always wanted to start, something, something I wanted to do. And, you know, the uh, quarantine and just being home extra hours and whatnot kind of gave me the opening to do it. And also this app that I'm using to record it, uh, Anchor, and I have to, you know, give a big shout out, big thank you to my man Anthony DiStefano, uh, who hosts uh, The Rant and uh, Wizwit. Those are two podcasts here on Anchor that you can find. Um, you know, The Rant is, you know, Anthony and a couple of his buddies just, you know, shooting the breeze and all that, you know, about whatever topics they care to hit for the week and uh Wizwit is uh, Anthony talking about uh Philly sports and never met him in person we met on Twitter you know we've become Twitter friends over the years you know he's a good dude and yeah thank you for you know steering me towards this podcasting app and so I can get this thing started and also, I uh, give another shout out to uh, Nerdicons. You know, you know, another guy. You know, uh, came friends with them also on Twitter, and you know, that's the one that I've you know been a guest a few times, and I may be back there again soon. But uh, they're also on Anchor, and I'd like to thank all of you, you know, who listen who, you know, listen to me every week, who give me feedback, you know, all of you who have been reading the stuff on my blog for the past five years, you know, robsagenius.com, you know, just, you guys reading my stuff, you guys listening to my stuff has really been, you know, a blessing to my life. And... Look, this thing never blows up, you know. You know, this only hey, if I, if if I just maintain the you know small audience I have now, as much as I you know, of course you want things to blow up and get bigger and all of that, and you want your audience to get bigger and all of that. But you guys who listen to me every week faithfully, you know, um, you guys are the best, and I love you guys and gals. <laughs> You know, and, you know, I'm trying to do a, do something, I guess, that's a little unique, right? I don't want to, I didn't want to do this to just talk about the same stuff, you know. The, there are plenty of great podcasts that talk about movies and talk about, there's still a few good podcasts that talk about pro wrestling. There are some good, you know, there are good podcasts out there that talk about sports, Um and music and but what I'm you know what I sought to do with this was to do a little bit of everything with a few my own personal anecdotes and such and just you know find my way to doing something that you know speaks to the people who listen to it you know especially during these times where you know there's a whole lot of uncertainty going on you know you know, we don't know how to 
this is an election year. Um, we don't know, you know, we've seen the way that the current government has been handling this thing. And really, depending on where you are in the country, what state you live in, um, everything, you know, it's just, it varies. So there's just a whole lot of uncertainty, right? And you may have some uncertainty at your job right now. You may have had some already existing uncertainty in your personal life. You know, and um, so what I hope is that, you know, my voice can be one of kinship. You know, I don't have magic answers to anything, but I just, I hope that by listening to me or reading my stuff, you feel like you have a, comp, a fellow traveler in your journey. And uh, here's to 46 years. Thank you, God, for 46. Um, and I'm ready to do 46 more. You know, um, and I hope that you guys are here with me the whole way. I love y'all and I appreciate y'all. You know, through all the ups and downs of life. And, you know, I'm thankful for my family and I hope pray that all of you guys who maybe don't have the best family situation, I hope and pray that it, that it improves for you or that, you know, that some pathway emerges to it getting better. And you know, whether it's your family or your jobs, you know, or personal life, personal health, you know, I hope and pray for the best on all those fronts for all of y'all. And um, so here, here we go. Um, thank you for whatever part of these 46 years you've been with me. I thank you for being here. I thank you for reading. I thank you for listening. And again, I love you guys, all of you. You know, don't let this world get you down. I know it can sometimes, but don't give up, you know, and we all get through this together. And now, um, before I get a misty eye here on you, I'm going to take a break. I think I got one more Naughty by Nature song for you I can, I can, I can do for you before we show's over. So we'll do that. Then I'll get a few more words in and then that'll be it for this week. Most cheated, most needed. You best believe it. This ticker tape's jam.
Nature's last, you know, really successful album, and that was the last hit song, and that was 1999, of course, and you know, just to get back to the thing I keep bringing up, you know, Tretch and Vinny were 29 years old then, and for all intents and purposes, their careers as relevant music acts were done after that. Now they had some unfortunately internal beefs that developed between them and KG who was like a kind of DJ slash producer guy and so and they eventually dissolved with their own accord. I think they occasionally hooked back up to do you know a song or something here or there but the group is effectively over. Been over for a while. And their last real successful work was in, you know, 1999, you know, 21 years ago when they were 29 years old. And then after that, they were done. So, just another example of you know, a rap group that was great and that we threw away. At a very young age. So we need to stop doing that. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not a Drake fan or whatever. I'm not a future, all these guys. You know, I've said before, I'm, you know, I just, I kind of have a non-aggression pact with them. I don't particularly like what they do, but I'm not going to just crap on them all day. But, you know, they're in that age group there, you know, and so far so good as far as maintaining their relevance in their careers, but they're in that age range now where, you know, unless those of y'all who are fans of theirs treat them different, you know, they're about to get tossed aside too in a few years. And I hope those of y'all who are fans of theirs don't do that. You know, keep those guys relevant. You know, into their 40s and 50s. Let's, let's break the cycle, for real. And while you're doing that, people like me will try to bring attention back to the people we came up with. Because there's room for everybody. Right? And that's what we need to do. Keep everybody around. Keep everybody 
memory going and all that stuff. But before I go, I'm going to do a little wrestling news here. Now, you know, Money in the Bank was this past Sunday. I'm, I might do a one-off just to talk about that. But the big news of the week, the month, probably the big news since WrestleMania, is that Becky Lynch is pregnant. So she relinquished the Raw Women's title that she'd held for 399 days. And she is now going away for a while. You know, uh, she's, I think they said she's due in like December. So she's going to be gone for a while. And, you know, everything works out right. Knock on wood, let's. Hope pray for that. Everything works out right, and if the baby's healthy and all that good stuff. So that'll be later this year. I think they said December. I don't remember right now, <laughs> but you know she's gonna be gone for a while. So yeah, you know, at this point, uh, allow me to congratulate her on a hell of a run, on a hell of a year and a half. Just in, you know, in all aspects, when in all aspects, when you look at all aspects of being a successful pro wrestler, that's the best year and a half anyone has ever had. And kudos to her. You know, I have admittedly been a skeptic at times. I'm not really a big fan of her ring work. I'll, you know, just you know, I've said that. All my little platforms I speak about, talk about stuff on. So, no surprise there, no shock there. But, you know, and again, and just in all the aspects of being successful, this year and a half that she had, probably, yeah, it's the best year and a half that any woman's ever had. And it's kudos to her pulling that off. You know, she connected with people, she inspired people. You know, she was great on the mic. And, you know, I said, I, I said I don't think much of her ring work, but she goes in there the whole time with really good opponents. And you know, she more than kept up and more than did her part in those matches. Like, you know, she didn't, she was never a drag in any of her matches. Like, it wasn't like, that, you know, her opponent had to pick her up and carry her to the finish line. It wasn't anything like that, right? So she was, I mean, she was in some excellent matches the whole time. She made a great character, and they booked it right too. Because that's you know they didn't succumb to the kind of whims to take the belt off of her, 
just because. Because there were some times where people were saying, oh, she needs to lose, she's had it too long. And, you know, it, thankfully the bookers did not do that. They didn't yank the belt off of her just because. And that was the right move. Because one thing that needs to happen more is that your top champions and your top tier people need to be booked strong they need to keep the belt for a while and you shouldn't hot potato those titles around all year so she was really the first one they did that with in a long time and it was the right call it was a good call it made sense so congratulations on the coming addition to the family for you and Seth Rollins congratulations on a great year and a half you earned it And hope it's not the end of the line. Like I said, you know, you know what? Yeah, you know, I was not on the Becky train. I admit that. But I'm not gonna be a hater. Right, she she did great work. She was great at what she did during this time. And let's hope it's not the end. It's gonna be a while, and you know, having a child when you're in a business that has you on the road all the time, like being a pro wrestler, having a child is one of those things that makes you stop and reevaluate what you want to do, whether you want to keep doing it. Um, and she's starting to pull in some acting roles. And, you know, life on the TV or movie set might be more minimal to her going forward. So we'll see. Um, like I said, this hope is, hope is not the end. But, that's what she decides then you know more power to her and the one thing that people won't you may not hear that another positive about all of this is that now when it comes to talking about historically great women wrestlers we don't have to mention the name fabulous Muza anymore for a long time she was the first name that popped up because she was the women's champion forever and ever and for a long time she was the only real name that people mentioned or could think of 
Then we found out that she was an absolutely terrible person to the women that she was tasked with booking. And, you know, she ultimately she's somebody that it's good to not have to talk about. So, amongst all your other accomplishments, Becky Lynch, you pushed, you helped, you helped to push aside the name Fabulous Moolah. It's a name we don't have to mention anymore. We don't have to talk about it anymore. Now we can talk about you instead. And thank you for that. And with that, I think that is a wrap for this week. So, once again, everybody, yeah, I know wherever you live, they might be trying to open things back up and all of that. Um, don't listen to these clowns. Take care of yourself. Stay out of harm's way. And look, ain't nothing you need from a department store or a restaurant that you can't get without you know, putting yourself in danger of getting the coronavirus. I, um, I know doing your own hair, your own nails, whatever, is a pain. Look, I cut my own hair for the first time in a long time this past weekend, and it was not great. <laughs> you know, I, it's good enough for somebody who's sitting at home. Thank God I don't need a to go on a job interview on a date right now <laughs> or else I'd be in a little trouble <laughs> but it's good enough you know if you don't need to go out don't there's nothing there that can't wait all right don't let these morons talk to you about freedom no stay out of the mess Stay out of harm's way. And those of you who have to go in for your jobs, yeah, I hope and pray for your safety through all of this. Those of y'all who are out of work, yeah, hope and pray for you know a way to be made for you to, you know, keep your head above water. And for those of y'all who've lost somebody to this, y'all you know, uh, got my condolences. Like I always say, I don't have no magic words to make everything all better for you. I don't. But my heart goes out to you. And till next week, stay home, stay safe, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. God bless you guys. Love y'all. Later. Oh, sorry. One more thing. <laughs> One more thing. I usually, you know, ride out with something from the musical guest for this week. So, gonna do a little different this time. Instead of another Naughty by Nature song, gonna leave with a little, gonna leave you with some little Richard to pay tribute to pioneer to the founding father the creator of rock and roll little richard 
he's gonna play us out today, this week. So now, until then, farewell. Goodbye. Come in and he does like in the alley, oh baby.